Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. single day of our lives is to know you deeper, know you closer. God, we don't want to settle for what we've known up to this point. We know that there's so much more. We know, God, that it's impossible to know all that you are. But God, we want to dive deeper today and we want to take a little step closer to knowing you more, God. We declare and we know, God, that as we commit into seeking your presence more, into God, just using worship as a tool, as a weapon of warfare. God, we know that we're going to just see a different facet of you. We're going to start seeing you work in ways that we never imagined, that we never expected. Because you're a God that never does things twice the same way. We thank you, God, because we know that as we worship right now, as we started the service, you're already, God, showing yourself faithful in lives of people that are right here or in life in people that are listening through the podcast we declare that your power right now is being shown over the life of those that are depending and trusting and having faith in you and for that we give you glory we believe that you're an almighty god and that you're an all-powerful god and there's nothing that can limit your power you are a supernatural god and that's why we're here to worship you we love you god we love you god i think we could do a little bit better than that jtp church Somebody say God is good. If God has been good to you, why don't you shake the hand of three or four people sent that are sitting across from you or in back of you and tell them God has been so good in my life and tell them I'm expecting better things. Praise God. You know what? You guys are really quiet today. I don't know what's the deal. Is it because the heat lost? Huh? You guys are a little down on that. Can somebody shout for Jesus here? Okay, that still wasn't good. Can somebody give a shout for Jesus today? You know, one of the things I've been taught since I was little is that sometimes you got to praise even if you don't feel like it. Because your praise is a weapon. The biggest victories that God will give you is when you worship in times of needs. Amen? So worship is such a great part of my life. And I want to encourage you to start taking that upon yourself. You know, if you don't worship, if you're not used to going to work and putting some worship music on, start doing it because it opens doors supernaturally. Amen. I'm excited to be in the house of God today and I have a a message that God has laid in my heart. I believe that God spoke this to me so I could speak to you. And it's called Never Easy But Worth It. So I want you to look for two or three people around you and tell them the title of this sermon. Never Easy But Worth It. 
Sometimes we expect everything that we get from God to be easy. We think that life with God is going to be easy. And sometimes it's not easy, but it's always worth it. I want you to accompany me to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. This is one of the most incredible stories in the Bible. I love it. I can relate to it. And maybe there's some people that are starting a new season in your life. You're starting something new. It's a new endeavor. It's something that you haven't been. And maybe when you're not used to doing something that you're doing or where you've never done something before that you now have to do, that could sometimes awaken fear inside of you or discomfort. You've never been there. What's it going to be like? How am I going to do this? And I think this story is going to strike home for you. You have to understand that there will always be disagreements between God's promise and where you are positioned now. Where you are right now and where God promised that you will be will not always look the same. But if you believe God's promise, you know that where you are right now is not your destiny. So that keeps you going, right? And you have faith. I want to read up the story of this young man called Joshua. And we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read all the way through 9. We're going to read the whole story. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. I'm in verse 3. Everybody following me? Verse 3 says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Let's take a minute to pause there. Put your arm around somebody that's close to you and just encourage your neighbor and tell him God promised to never forsake you and to never leave you verse number six says be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which i swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many people can give praise for that amazing word? I don't know about you, but that strengthens me. It gives me hope to go on and know that there's better things to come. One of the things that's important here in this life, now talking about personal matters, I think it's so important to own land, to own property. And I'll tell you why. When you have your own land, when you own your own property, nobody can kick you out of something that belongs to you. If you own your own house, nobody can come and evict you from your own house because you own it. One of the things that's important and one of the things that I look forward to doing, you know, as I grow older is to be able to own land. 
Another reason why it's important to own land is because the presses are constantly printing money. And the money that's in your wallet today may not be worth the same thing tomorrow or the day after. It fluctuates depending on international affairs and a lot of things. A couple of months back, we were watching CNBC and it was just crazy how low we saw the euro. I remember that there was a time when the euro was 1.65, $1.65 for every euro. A couple of months back, it was at $1.05. And I'm like, whoa, no wonder a lot of people are going to Europe for vacation because the euro is very low. There's so much of it that it lowers its value. But there's one thing about land. They're not making any more land. How many say amen? There's no more land. Land is a limited resource. And God is telling these people that he's giving them a land to possess. Everybody say a limited resource. He's not giving to them something that it's unlimited, something that people can produce so much that the value decreases. Back then, they were living in a society where they didn't have paper money like we have. They wouldn't go to the store. They didn't have any Publixes. They didn't have any Walmarts. And they couldn't go and pay for goods. They had a bartering system. If you didn't grow something in your backyard or if you didn't have something that grazed in your backyard from what you grew in your backyard, then you didn't have nothing to barter with. So basically how people survived is that they would grow stuff in their land and they were bartered. I'll trade you five tomatoes for you know, a few kernels of corn and that's how people survived. If you didn't have something that grew on the land or that grazed on the land, then you were lost. What good was it to have millions of seeds if you didn't have soil to plant it? Doesn't do you any good if you had all those pomegranate seeds and my mouth was watering, they're so good. How many of you guys like pomegranate seeds? Little bit tangy and they're tart and they're so good. But what good does it do to you to have so many seeds and not have soil to plant it? All you're gonna be left with is the hole, like Carly was saying. So seed would never reach its potential without soil. How many of you guys get homesick when you go on vacations? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have gone out on business trips and missed home? Raise your hand. When you go out on vacation, you start enjoying yourself, right? The first few days, it's amazing. If it's a Caribbean vacation, you're at the beach, or if you take a cruise, so amazing. After a certain number of days, you start missing things. If you're out of the country, you're probably missing the food. No matter how good the hotel is, no matter how good the food is, you just miss your home. There's like this unsettling inside of you because you're away from home. It happens a lot quicker if it's a business trip because, I mean, when you're on vacation, you're having fun. You're taking in the sun. You're laying in the beach. You're having a good time. But business, you're working. You get back to the hotel after a long day of work, and you're like, man, I wish I had my pillow. I wish I had my bed. I wish I was in my home and I could just lay down, take out my slippers, and put on the TV. And So there's, there's like an unsettling factor when you're away from home. It's stressful emotionally. It's stressful mentally to be away from home. Some people are not homeless physically. There's some people that are homeless spiritually. There's other people that are also homeless emotionally. Pastor, what is spiritually homeless? Well, spiritually homeless, when you don't know who you are, you don't know what you believe in, you don't know where you stand, and anything anybody says that's good, you gravitate towards it. Oh man, you know what? That, that sounds pretty good. I like that philosophy. I'm going to go after that. I'm going to live by that. You don't know who you are. You don't have identity. Emotionally homeless is when you have all kinds of love to give, but you have no one to give it to. 
Now, these people, they were homeless for 430 years. The Bible says that out of those 430 years, 30 years, they were welcomed as guests. You guys know the story of Joseph. Joseph went to Egypt. He gave the king an excellent strategy to accumulate goods. He brought his family over. So when his family came, a lot of other people came from Israel, and they were established there, and for 30 years they thrived. But then the Bible says that another pharaoh raised up that did not know Joseph, and they enslaved them. So imagine coming in as a guest and ending up as a slave. That's not a good thing. And the Bible says that during 10 generations, 400 years, the people of Israel, the people of God, were slaved in Egypt. They didn't serve the same God. They didn't eat the same foods. Man, sometimes we complain that we're missing home because we were a week away. Imagine 400 years. That means that a lot of generations were born in slavery and died in slavery. They never knew what it's freedom. The closest thing to freedom that they ever knew was sitting down at night after working to build their empire and just thinking about all the things that their grandparents used to say about how they were free one time. Just thinking back and trying to conserve the little bit of culture that they had left. It was a really difficult reality. 430 years. God commands Moses after this to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Now I want you to put your arm next to somebody close to you, and I want you to tell them, freedom costs something. Freedom costs something. Freedom is not free. It's one thing to be free, and it's another thing to be free indeed. How many say amen? Moses, by the hand of God, set those people free. He took them away from the grasp of Pharaoh, and they went on the other side of the Red Sea, and they were free, but they weren't free indeed. It took them 40 years to be free indeed. So it's so important that we not only talk and sing about the freedom, but that we experience freedom. God could have done everything so that you could be free, but you're not living in a state of freedom. How many say amen? And even though God had opened the door so these people could go to the promised land, we just finished reading here in Joshua chapter 1 that God had already determined in the past that he already prepared this land for them. They still weren't enjoying it. They still weren't free indeed. And now, the one who brought them out of that land, who performed miracles, the one who made the bread come down from heaven, the manna, the one who sustained them, the one who nurtured them, the one who guided them, who delivered them out of the hand of Pharaoh, all of a sudden is dead. Moses is no longer. He's dead. What do you do when the person you depended on dies? And what do you do when they died short of the mission that they were supposed to accomplish. I want you to be able to feel the anxiety that comes in the midst of uncertainty. That's why I started saying this afternoon that maybe some of you guys are in front of a challenge, in front of a new season that you never lived before. It's something totally new. And you don't know how you're going to challenge it. Sometimes fear sets in. And that's the uncertainty that Joshua had, Moses the guy who did all these miracles all of a sudden is dead and we haven't even made it to the promised land. If we couldn't get there with Moses with all the miracles and God talking to him face to face, how in the world are we going to get over now? So it was a crazy situation. Moses is dead. 
The whole nation wept for a month. The Bible says this, that every single person wept for a month. That's a long time to weep. Our pastor is dead. Our leader is dead. He died and we're not there. We're close, but we're not there. They were on the other side of the Jordan. They could see the promised land, but they weren't quite there. One of the things that they started asking themselves probably is, well, who in the world is going to take us there? Where do we go from here? Moses is dead. God had told Moses that that land is ours, but who's going to lead us now? How about Joshua? Joshua, he was good as an assistant, but Joshua's not no Moses. The Bible says that Joshua was a fighter. He used to fight. And while Moses would go up to pray for God to give him a victory, Joshua was out there fighting. He was a fighter. But that's what he was. He wasn't a leader. And I imagine when they went through this whole interview process, I don't know what that would have been like. I don't know if they even had an interview process. But I could imagine that they probably got Joshua and says, well, Joshua, you know, can, can you turn this stick into a snake? Throw your rod. And Joshua threw the rod and nothing happened. Like, mm, I don't know if this guy has what it takes. He ain't no Moses. Joshua, can you strike a rock and make water come out of the rock so when we're thirsty in the middle of the wilderness, we can have provision for us? Couldn't do it. Couldn't send manna from heaven. And I imagine all this unsettling inside of the life of Joshua. How am I going to do this? And now you can understand why God told him time and time again, be strong, be courageous. I only command you to be strong and be courageous. And he repeats it time and time and time again. Because God knew that Joshua knew how to fight. But it's one thing to be a fighter and it's another thing to be a leader. It's one thing to receive orders from somebody and do what you're good at. And all of a sudden now you're in a different position. You're in the unknown. And all this responsibility of leading the people. How in the world am I going to do this? But you see, God never told them that he was going to do the same things with him that he did with Moses. God just told them, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. God wasn't going to give them the Ten Commandments. He wasn't going to bring manna from heaven. That's what God did with Moses. But that's not what God wanted to do with Joshua. You see, every single one of us have talents. And you know, sometimes we cut ourselves short when we start comparing ourselves with other people and we start saying, man, how do I measure up to this guy, man? Oh, I wish I was more like this person. I wish I, was, I sang like Marcos. I wish I preached like this guy. I wish I, and and you, we start comparing ourselves and we don't realize that God doesn't want to use you like he used the other person. He's going to be with you like he was with that person, but he's not going to use you the same way. God doesn't want you to be a cheap imitation of an incredible original. God wants you to be who he called you to be. And sometimes we cut ourselves short. And that's Joshua right there. Joshua, this new season. My gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to see the glory of God? He was there struggling. And God had to tell him time and time again, look, be courageous, be strong. Because just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And I want you to help me preach tonight. I want you to put your arms around somebody close to you. And I want you to tell them, just as God was with Moses, and just as God was with Joshua, he is going to be with you. And if you believe it, say amen. 
You can't imitate Moses because there will never be another Moses. God told Moses' brother, Aaron, because they were talking bad about Moses behind his back, like saying, man, this is the only guy that God uses. God talks to all of us. And he tells them, hey, you be careful. Because to all the other prophets, God talks to them through dreams and through visions. But to Moses, his servant, he's going to talk face to face. I mean, Moses was crazy. Moses was this, the Bible says that when Moses died, God himself had to hide his body. Because if not, you know, they probably would have worshipped him instead of God. Because he did so many miracles. But now here's Joshua. Joshua has never performed a miracle in his life. And he is called by God and confirmed through Moses himself before he died to continue everything that Moses couldn't accomplish. Can you understand why he has a bit of anxiety? He was a warrior. He had insecurities about his leadership. JTP Church, God promises to be with you. What does that mean? He promised to be with you with your gifts, with your talents, with your resources, just as he was with Moses. God wasn't just the God of the people that we read in the Bible. There's still history being written today. You are writing history. There's still a calling just like God called Joshua, just like God called Moses. There's still God calling people who will say, God, I'm, I may not think I have much to offer, but if there's anything good that I have, or if there's anything that you could use, here I am and use it. And once you have that attitude, God starts pouring into you. You think Joshua knew that he was going to bring down, or God was going to use him to bring down the walls of Jericho? Moses didn't do that, but that's something that God used Joshua to do. There's things that God wants to do through you that no one else could do and that no one else has done, but you just need to believe God. You know, sometimes we cut ourselves short and, and we think that because we're not like this guy and we're not like that guy and we don't have this talent and we don't have that, that God can use us and that's not true. There's a lot that God could use inside of us. How many say amen? amen. Until you develop an appreciation for being you, you will never discover what God can do in you trying to be someone else. We have to be strong. Tell somebody close to you, be strong, be courageous because it's not going to be easy but it is going to be worth it. How many say amen? Trust me. The greatest adventure is when you believe God and you just go with the flow to where God wants to take you. Let yourself be used the way God wants to use you. And man, it's going to surprise you. Every day you wake up, you're going to see miracles. You're going to see supernatural things going on. And there's nothing more accomplishing. There's no greater sense of accomplishment to know that I'm being used by God. I'm in the right place at the right time. And I'm doing what God called me to do. Are you guys here with me today? Carly and I started watching a new show now. We've been faithful to American Idol for a long time. We love American Idol, and this was the farewell season. We love music. So this show, you know, we were watching on a weekly basis. And now that it's done, we're like, man, you know, what show can we watch? And we saw a show that they started advertising called American Grit. And we were like, you know what? That sounds pretty interesting. And this four hardcore military people, they would get a team of four people. Each of the teams consisted of four people, and they all had to be related to something that had to do with the military. In other words, each of the contestants of each team had to have a family member that was in the military, whether the Marines, the Armed Force, the Navy, etc. We started watching episode one. After they do the competition, the team that wins doesn't have to do this crazy obstacle course. But the other three teams that lose, they had to pick one person from their team to go through the obstacle course. These are military-grade obstacle course. It was a guy 
And this guy was a celebrity trainer. We're like, man, this guy is going to be amazing. He's a trainer, a fitness trainer, and he was physically built. The other two people that had to do this obstacle course were two girls. And we're like, oh, my gosh, we know that one of the girls are going to go out. And this guy was talking trash. He was so cocky. He came off so obnoxious. Carly and I wanted to eliminate him. We know if we could vote, we would be voting to get him off the show. But unfortunately, it wasn't by voting. We're like, man, this guy's going to go on. The girl's going to lose. And it was incredible. Because even though this guy was the built and he was a personal trainer for celebrities, his attitude was so cocky that the last part of the obstacle course, they had to hold with their hand. It was a bag of sand, was it? And they had to hold it until somebody gave out. And then they could switch hands every three minutes. And then after half an hour passed, they had to use one hand and not switch until somebody gave in. And it was just incredible that this guy, he was the builtest guy. He was, you know, he had a six-pack. The guy was built. And he was a celebrity trainer. He was the first one who broke down. And the girl sustained the bag of sand more than he did. Strength is not what's on the outside. You see, Joshua, Joshua was a fighter. He was used to fighting. He was used to getting the victory with a sword. But now leadership requires inner strength. Leadership requires strength on the inside. So that's why God's telling him, be strong and be courageous. Because you'll be saying, man, I mean, Joshua went to so many fights. God gave him so many victories. I, I could imagine that he was a courageous person. But you see, God wasn't talking to him about being strong on the outside. Because to be the person that God called you to be, you have to be strong on the inside. And that's what God was talking to Joshua about. Be strong. Be courageous. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, and he fought the whole time while they were in the wilderness. But now, he has a new endeavor. He became the leader. He can do Moses' tricks, but God uses what is in Joshua to continue the leadership. Joshua was a fighter. The Bible says that once, he almost fought God. He went up to an angel and then said, whose side are you in? I'll cut you too. Come on. He almost fought God. He was brave. But when God calls him to be courageous and strong, it's because God wanted to do something and to build his character as a leader to be strong on the inside. God wants to build people up today on the inside. You may be strong. You may be leading your family. You may be a person with strong character. You may be a great business person. But to go where God wants to lead you, God wants to build you up on the inside. He was a fighter, but when God commissioned him, you will hear God say over and over again, he first said, be strong and very courageous. Then he says, I only say to you, be strong and very courageous. Three times, be strong and possess the land that I have given to the people of Israel. Because God knows that what you're destined to do is not with your outer strength. It's going to be accomplished with your inner strength. You got to have inner strength for this fight. Zechariah 4.6, not by might. Nor by power, the last part of the verse, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So you see, sometimes we try to get victory on a spiritual level, and we try to use physical weapons. I talked a little bit about this in the retreat yesterday, because, you know, the Bible says that we're in the middle of a spiritual warfare, and we could get so frustrated trying to use physical weapons to be able to accomplish spiritual goals, and you're never going to get anywhere. You need to know how to fight. It's not by might. Joshua, it's not going to be with a sword. 
It's not going to be with a slingshot. I don't know what weapons they used back then. I know they didn't have any guns. I'm sure as heck they didn't have any tanks. But whatever weapon they used, it wasn't going to be with those weapons. It was going to be by the Spirit of God. So he had to change his way of warfare now. And in that change, in that transition, and I know some of you guys may be understanding what I'm talking about, in that transition that you're in now, now that you're married, now that you're in your new season, in a new job, now that you feel God calling you deeper into ministry to get closer to him, now you feel you got to fight differently. How do I do that? It's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. you got to have that inner strength, that unstoppable strength, tenacity to take a licking and just keep on ticking, as they say. I may not be able to do as I would, but I'll do as I could, but I'm not going to stop doing because as long as I have strength and I have direction from God, I'm going to keep on doing what God is directing me to do. Just be strong. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell him, be strong. That's what God wants to drive home today. Be strong. Joshua, as the second man, he was just used for physical strength. But now as a leader, he needs to have spiritual strength, inner strength. You see... Joshua now, he has to defy the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, all these evil clans, all these people that are in the promised land. He has to defy his inner insecurities. Joshua, you're not as good as Moses, your leader. He has to also defy the fact that people that he was leading are not reacting to him the way they reacted to Moses because they try to compare. And, you know, sometimes when you fall for that trap, the trap of comparison, you could also cancel yourself out. And instead of listening to the voice of God that's leading you, you're paying more attention to what people are saying about you and what people are talking about you. He's got disagreement with the people he's leading. Joshua has disagreement with the people he's fighting. He's got disagreement with the person inside of him. So God tells him, Joshua, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to resist your own fear. You're going to have to resist their doubts. Be strong when the voices scream inside of you and tell you you're not good enough. You're going to have to be strong when the people murmur against you and say, you can't do what Moses did. You're going to have to be strong when the Amorites say, I'm not going to let you come and take the land from me. So God's telling them, be strong. This is not a time to buckle. It's not a time to collapse. It's not a time to give up. If you can endure the pain of this moment and say, I've come too far to turn myself around, you're going to get to the promised land. And you're going to receive direction from God to accomplish what God has told you that he's going to do through you. Because he promised, after all, that just like he was with Moses, he was going to be with you. He promised to be with us every single day of our lives. Look, listen to some of the things that God told Joshua in all this process and in all the scripture that we just finished reading. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's something he told him, not Moses. He told him, as long as you live, no man is going to be able to stand against you. He said, every place your feet trot, I will give you the land. He told him, I will not leave you or forsake you. He also said, I will bless you. He said that as he was with Moses, he will be with you. But he didn't tell him that it would be easy. And that's why you see time and time again that God tells him, be strong, be courageous. I think that in the times we're living right now, God is looking for men, women, young people that will be courageous, that will be strong. 
Maybe you're living a new season now and you're just learning as you go. Nobody instructed you. Nobody taught you. It's like, God, help me. And you need resources for the season. You need direction. But God has promised you one thing. Even though you don't have somebody to direct you, even though you may think at times that you don't know what you're doing, just as God was with Moses, he will be with you. You can be certain of that. The same way God was with Moses, providing for him, leading him, the same way he will be with you. I think some of us need to make up our minds with respect to whether or not we're going to continue to feel sorry for ourselves. What are we going to do from now on? You know, sometimes instead of being strong and courageous, what we do is we have a pity party and we start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start creating this whole victim situation over our lives when God is calling us and he's saying, man, if you would imagine what I have in store for you, you may have had victories in the past, but what I have planned for this new season is much greater than any victory you may have had in the past. Nobody remembers the battles that Joshua won while he was with Moses. But you do remember the walls of Jericho coming down. He won victories through Moses as an assistant. There's times when God pushes you out of your comfort zone and you feel you're all alone and you think that's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. Is God getting you ready for what he has in store for you. It's God telling you, come on, it's time to be strong. We have to make that determination because sometimes you could easily just fall away and say, you know what, I'm all alone. He, Joshua could have said, you know, I'm not the man for the job. You picked the wrong person. These people don't even respect me. You know, I'm out. He could have said that easily. But the call of God was, look, be strong. You're going to get opposition. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be people that are going to doubt your leadership. When you go up to the enemies to try to take their land, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, here, we were waiting for you. Take the land, and here's all the gold and the treasure. No, you're going to have to take it by force. You're going to have to fight them for the land. It's not going to be easy, but one thing you could rest assured is that God is going to be by your side, and God is going to give you the victory. How many say amen? Can somebody shout, the victory is mine? God has destined us to be victorious. So you know what? It's time to stop crying. It's time to stop feeling sorry about ourselves. You have to stop being discouraged and depressed all the time. It's not a time to faint. It's a time to pick your head up and just push through it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But you got what it takes because the person that's on your side has all the resources that you need to get to the other side. And he's just going to blow your mind with the things that he's going to do along the way. What's waiting on the other side is his glorious promise. It's the land that he promised you. It's the marriage that he knows you can have. It's the miracle that you have been waiting for. Just be strong because you're not alone. You're never alone. God is by your side and he promised never to leave you or forsake you. How many say amen? That's the God that I serve. Can we stand on our feet tonight? It's so easy just to listen, just to read a passage of the Bible. It's another thing to be living in it. You see, I encourage you guys that when you read the Bible, put yourself in the shoes of the person that's going through that. You'll see how they felt. And maybe you could correlate that with what you're going through right now and use it to help your situation right now. And I want to encourage people in this place. 
I want to, first of all, remind you that God has a calling for you. That God wants to use you in a supernatural way. Pastor, I doubt that. I ain't got nothing that God can use. Yes, you do. The fact that you don't know it doesn't mean that God doesn't, that it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do it or that God can't do it. You see, you just have to connect to God. And that's one of the things that Joshua had. He was a man after God's heart. He was a man that knew that he had a calling of God, but when the calling came, he, was, he wasn't expecting it to be that way. He thought that Moses was going to get to the promised land and he was going to lead the people there. And once they're there, they're in peace. And then Moses dies and Joshua takes over and reigns in peace. But it doesn't always turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. Moses, this incredible man of God that he followed for 40 years, now is dead. How in the world am I going to lead these people? All I know how to do is fight. I don't know how to lead people. Look, they're, they're already talking bad about me. They told me to throw the stick and nothing happened when I threw the stick. What am, what am I going to do now? Are you sure, God, that I'm the man? Be strong. Be courageous. Because I'm not going to do with you all the things that I did with Moses. But one thing you can be sure, I will never leave you, number one. Number two, that land is yours, so go and take it. And number three, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And I want you to take this with you. Because Moses lived a long time ago. But the same God that was with Moses, the same God that was with Joshua, he is here and he is with you. And that promise, if you're a person of faith, man, I encourage you, grab a hold of that promise. Maybe you need that promise for what you're going through right now. You're going through a situation that's out of your hands. You need God for that miracle that you're crying out, whether it's for you or for a family member or for a situation. You know what God is telling you today? Just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Can somebody believe that? Close your eyes right there where you are. I want to do a calling. If you feel God has spoken to you today, if you've tried to think hard about how God can use you and after thinking hard, couldn't find anything that God could use. And you doubt the fact that God can use you. And, and today you want to take a, you want to jump in faith and say, God, I, I believe you. I don't know what you can use in me. But if there's anything that you could use, I want to lay it at your feet. And just as you use Joshua, I want you to use me. So that I can accomplish all the plans that you have for my life there's anybody here that wants to take that jump of faith and say I want to I want to get closer to God you see as you get closer to God as you start seeking him God starts revealing his plans let me tell you there's a lot of people here that God has even spoken to you to your heart whether maybe not audibly but he's he's spoken through a prophet or he's even talked spoken to you in your heart with that still small voice about things that he wants to use you and you continue fighting with him saying, God, I don't think I can. I don't think it's me. I think you got the wrong person. You know what? Tonight's your night. I want to pray for you over here because God is going to give you strength. The same God that strengthened Moses, that strengthened Joshua is here to strengthen you. And I want to tell you that God has incredible things. Man, this society is crying out for young men, for young women, for men, for, for older folks. To, to be the response that they're looking for. The Bible says that this generation is crying out for people to manifest the power of God. And you are that person. You have it inside of you. And God wants to get it out. But it's not going to happen unless you believe. 
So right now we're going to open this altar up. And you may be seeing me up here, but you know what? God is in this place and I want you to see God. Picture God. Imagine God here. And he's saying, look, come. Come closer to me because as you cl get closer to me, I'm going to start revealing my plans for your life. If you lack courage, you can find courage in me. If you lack strength, you'll find strength in me. Is there anybody here that wants to come up front and say, God, I want to believe in you. And I'm going to take a stand of faith and I know that you're going to be with me. And I'm here to tell you that nobody and nothing's going to be able to stand in your way. As we worship, guys, let's do a worship song. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to a lot of people. I believe that a lot of you that are here tonight needed this word. Don't delay. Come up. Come up here. You see, when God calls, it's important that you have an open heart and say, God, that was for me. I need that. I'm going to run to the altar. Drawing close, stirred by grace, and oh, my heart is yours. And all fears removed, I breathe you in, I lean into your love.
calling that God has for your life, you need to be here. I'm going to start praying in a few seconds, but don't struggle with God's